Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right. It is the Cigar Tipsters podcast. It is, uh, I don't even know what the day it is. I think it's, oh, it's October 16th. That's what day it is. Uh, and we are recording this from our individual hidey holes where we never seem to leave anymore these days, but it's Junior with uh, Senior and Jerry uh, on. And uh, hang on a second. Ben is texting me here. He probably broke the link. I think he was confused and didn't realize we were doing it right now because he's like, oh, is it like at nine o'clock tonight? And I'm like, no, it's now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, you're late. Yeah. Seven minutes late, buddy. Docking your pay. Of course, that would require me to pay you. I was going to say, I thought he paid us to be on the show. Yeah, kind of. Children are just so responsible, irresponsible these days, you know. Can't depend on them for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you have to ground him, take away his, his Xbox or his PlayStation. <laughs> take his cell phone away. That's that's what you do to the children these days. Yeah, that's the key right there. Cool. Well, in this case, it would be better if you take the cigars away from him, probably. No. Well, that's true. We are dealing with a, a special case here. Right, right. Yeah, speaking of cigars, <laughs> there's, so a, many there's, ways. A, there's a box... Uh, there's a box of about, I don't know, 50 or 60 cigars sitting over here that technically belongs to Senior, but he had them shipped to my house in possession as nine-tenths of the law. So There you go. Uh, we well, could assume we're down, to 50. we're down to 50 or 60. When they shipped, there was 82. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told, you, I told you when you texted me, I said there was a delivery fee. So that's, you know, we're uh, chipping away. Uh, quickly. Quick there, yeah. yeah. They they just got there today. I should have uh, went by and picked them up. By the time I get them Sunday night, uh, I won't have but probably five. Yeah, well, you know, he's I'll, got plenty I'll, of time. I'll take uh, I'll take pity on you and leave ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pick through the ten he doesn't want. Yeah, I saw some Gurkha in there. I'll leave those for you. <laughs> So while well, while was, we're waiting while we're waiting on Ben, do you guys smoke anything good lately? Anything special? I've been I've hitting got, those blues pretty hard <laughs> that you brought me in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say thank you, Jerry. He said Mark gave me one. He said he that you gave him two, and he saved me one of them. Yeah, was that uh, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's about ish. right. Yeah, <laughs> two ish. I think something got lost in interpretation here, my friend. Hi, everyone. <laughs> no. He, he did share. Oh, the lost child has returned. I, yep. And yeah, somebody come paid the ransom. Damn it. Hey, I'm here All now. the way from Canada. It's not Canada. We've got, no, it's not Canada. It's it's near Canada. Okay, it's Canada. Ben, Ben, <laughs> Ben, I know times are hard. It's COVID, but please pay your internet bill so we can start on time. No, I, I it was, it's automatic. It gets withdrawn and I just, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm well, here now, I mean, and that's what matters. But Ben, I've told you this a hundred. If I've told you this once, I've told you this a thousand times. 
Just because it gets drawn out automatically doesn't mean there, there can't be money in the account. Well, let me explain something to you. Those cigars that I ordered, that was my internet money. So I could choose between the two and I chose the smokes. And I'm like, okay, well, well I can pay internet later, but this is an auction. I've got to buy them. So I did. Yeah. He's, yeah. Speaking of senior, I was just telling them that he bought like 80 of them. And you, you've, you've got to be pretty close to that number too, because you've been sending me pictures for, for days of all this stuff that's coming or has shown up. Anything special, Ben, that you like? Um, so I ordered a couple of things. One, it was, uh, it's called the tea and it was a collaboration of three different makers. I think it was Matt Booth, Caldwell, and I believe AJ Fernandez. And, yeah, I can uh, see the, uh, the AJF initials on the picture you sent me. Yeah. So these are, it's four by 48 Robustos. I've, I've read about them before. I never actually tried one. So, um, I just thought you get a box of those. Uh, they call them the, it's T Habano, so it's Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Um, I've been kind of on a Habano kick re recently for some reason. <laughs> and then I've also got what's called by Ave Maria, uh, Morningstar, they're Perfectos 5x58s. So a little bit beefy, um, but um, I thought I'd give those a shot as well. Yeah. That's how people Ecuador, usually describe it. Yeah. Habano seems to be kind of like the rappers in, fa in uh, fashion right at the moment. Just seem like everybody. Yeah, I seem, I seem to pop like up more and more. So like, okay, I, I mean, I like it. I'm not complaining. It's, uh, yeah, but I've just noticed it more and more, so I thought I'd find out what all the hubbub's about. Yeah, I think me and Jerry both tend to uh, kind of gravitate toward Habanos uh, yeah. pretty regularly. Yeah, There's kind absolutely. of a sweetness or something there that I like, and it just sort of, I don't know, I sort of enjoy them. It's the uh, it's the fact that they're laced with cocaine. I, I think so. I think so. That's what I do. It's called addiction, Ben. Uh-oh. So uh, first story of the night, uh, Will. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, we, we called it Freak of the Week, or uh, in this case, we might call it Jackass of the Week, but um, a Republican lawmaker uh, from Pennsylvania, uh, Representative Aaron Bernstein, like the Bears, uh, mm -hmm. not Berenstein Bears, like the the, uh, the Mandela effect thing, but whatever. Going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so he's being asked to resign now after video clips showed up on his uh, Snapchat account. That'll always get you in trouble. Snapchat and Facebook, that's key to divorce right there. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it was showing him encouraging his five-year-old son to take a strong puff off a cigar and use profane language as well as other quote unquote offensive content and what the, the representative or the five-year-old uh, <laughs> <laughs> just take them both out in one shot okay. uh, but basically at this point yeah he the representative was trying to get him to smoke the cigar uh, apparently he did take a, a a nice little puff off of it i never saw the video yeah, yeah I did. Either. I couldn't find it. I was trying to hunt it down, but they, they said it was taken actually, down pretty quickly. I'm like, well, good. It better be. I actually found part of it on uh, YouTube, and it, it was asinine at best. The the guy did. He passed the kid the cigar, was holding it, and had him take a draw off of it, and then he encouraged him to hit it harder. And that's the matter with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's stupid to do in the beginning, but then to film it and post it, I mean, are you just 
excuse me, Darlene, but are you just a fucking idiot or what? Yeah, you know? I, I cannot understand what the hell that, like, you made all these choices. Why? <laughs> Why did you do that? And, and I, I'm going to assume there was alcohol involved, but this day and age, I mean, nothing ever really goes away once it's on the internet because yeah, anybody absolutely. can copy it but or grab it. And, and there's a new It's there forever. I, you know, it just makes you wonder again about the quality of public officials we have these days. It's um, oh, ridiculous. Wow. Um, I, is this guy a state rep or, or uh, he yeah, is Republican a yeah. rep from Pennsylvania. Okay. So he represents the, his district in the state, right? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Right. Wonder he how did. his, his uh, constituents are reacting to that. Um, oh, they're all calling for his resignation. I Well, you know, it says here, this is the House GOP leader's statement said, as parents and fellow legislators, we are disgusted by Representative Bernstein's conduct. In order to take the time necessary to focus on his family and repair his relationships, we call on Representative Bernstein to immediately resign. That's a polite way of saying "fuck off." <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Basically, what I said That's... just a little more eloquently. Yeah, you you got to go, yeah. son. And he's like, "I <laughs> vow to do better." I'm like, uh, "Okay, you, well." When again, makes you question the quality of of, of of people we have in public service these days. Of course, I'm not throwing everybody with the same brush, but there's plenty of good examples. It, it just uh, amazes me that a man has a job that is so sensitive to social media to do something like that. And again, Ben goes back to what we talked about before. It really reflects on all cigar smokers. You know, I've been smoking for a long time. I've got grandkids. There's no way in hell I would let them smoke a cigar. No, absolutely. No, you just, even if it was, never mind. You just, you just don't do that. And the way he, the way the guy that kind of explained, he goes, it was jokes that went too far. I don't know how humorous to try to give your five-year-old throat cancer, but you know, whatever. Um, I don't know what the jokes he was talking about, but it's just don't represent cigar smokers. If you're going to do stupid things, you know, of all the things like, don't, don't do that. Cause that's Thank not you. what we're about. That's not what we do. Thank you. It's just not, um, you know, I mean, you shouldn't as, do it. Even if, yeah. You just, you shouldn't do that. You know, as, as, a, as a lifestyle or whatever you want to call it in an industry, we're under enough attacks these days, you know, Without yeah. somebody just like this guy and that last fool that we talked about, how they, they acted. And again, unfortunately, here's got guys making ass of themselves with a cigar. And again, just we all get tarred with the same brush, and I hate that. Yeah. Oh, That's, yeah. Hang on a second. Tell me if you guys can hear this. No. No. Okay. Screw that out of you. <laughs> I was going to play okay. his little apology message, but it's not going to work on here. Anyway, oh, yeah. back to what Ed, we were edit saying. Edit it in later. Edit it later. Yeah. It's basically what Ben said. He just got up there and said, I'm going to try to do better and win your trust back and uh, hopefully uh, get reelected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully hopefully save my job is what he's really that, saying. That above yeah, all. Exactly. That above I would, all. If I were him, I'd be more concerned about losing custody of his kid. Isn't that a risk factor here or is that like, does that not count? I'm not sure. I mean, if if him and his wife are together, I don't think now if they're divorced, yeah, she could totally play that against him. Or right. child services or mm -hmm. anything like that. I mean, I don't have kids, but yeah, he could get a visit from child services for that. Even if the even if him and his wife are still together, he could still get uh, 
It's a dangerous child. I don't think child. they would take the kid away, but they would show up and potentially, you know, be there on a regular basis saying, okay, what's going on? You know, is there any other situations that we need to be yeah. aware of kind of thing? And then at yeah. that point, if if the wife wasn't taking action to stop it from happening in the future, then they could pull the kid out of the home. I'm going to assume he's just going to play that Snapchat apology on his doorbell video cam. So every time somebody walks up, he's just going to play that yeah. apology and like, okay, uh, here, watch this for 15 seconds. I'm, I'm going to do better. <laughs> okay. Well, well good luck. You, you know, it's, it's looks like, I, I hate to say this, we're only two weeks, can't judge it, but uh, I, I hope we're not starting a trend here and having a freak of the week every time we do a show. Uh, again, we've got enough, uh, We've got enough problems as far as identity with the, with the public anyway. I mean, you know, tobacco is considered always considered evil now. We certainly don't need idiots like that running around to uh, make it worse, you know? No, we yeah. don't. We've got enough problems that's, with this. That's what we, me and Ben were talking about when he first sent me this is, you know, we're trying to fight the FDA. We don't need this crap. Right. Enough. Thank Cause you. Because their whole platform is, oh, we're trying to protect the kids. Well, and now we're now, endangering thanks the very like, Yeah, thanks to this jackass, now we have kids to protect. <laughs> This son of yeah. a bitch. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? We're in the middle of fighting, telling them we're protecting kids. <laughs> First thing you do is here, give them a yeah. cigarette. Don't do that. Yeah, the Idiot. one thing we needed you not to do, you went ahead and did. Yeah, yeah the the one thing. <laughs> uh, you you could have well, you could have sniffed coke off a stripper, and it wouldn't have hurt our uh, situation at all. But no, you got to let a five year old smoke. You had to have you had to involve cigars. Of all the things to involve, you had to do premium cigars. Like you. You idiot. Well, uh, actually, this is I, the third one we've talked about. So, again, I hope this is not going to become a trend. Uh, we have enough identity problems now. So, yeah, yeah there was the jackass on the Definitely. plane. The guy who oh, yeah, I forgot the, about him. shut up the place because of the mask. And then this, this guy. So, if, yeah. if we don't want it to be a trend, I think it's something I'll just text you, Mark, what it is. And then, yeah, I'm, there's going to be a jackass somewhere. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it, you know. I don't want to find stories like that, but they come across, you know, basically my online desk and it, I see it and I'm like, okay, well, now I've got to grill this person for being stupid. Well, well on, the other hand, on the other hand, too, maybe it's a good thing we talk about these things because at least it gives us a chance to defend ourselves. You know, we are not the well, norm, you know? That, yeah. Yeah, I agree That's with exactly what Jerry's right. saying. I mean, I think... I think somebody needs to talk about it from our side of the fence and say, hey, Absolutely. these jackasses are not all of us. You know, we're not yeah, all they, that they, way. They don't represent us uh, for right. lack of a better term. There is a brotherhood and a sisterhood in the community. And one of those involves integrity, respect for ourselves, respect for others, and absolutely not involving underage kids. That's just, that's a big negative. It's just not going to do it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and that's one of the things I wanted to say. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I introduced Junior to cigars, but it was well beyond his twenty-first birthday. I don't remember exactly yeah, how old was he was, but I know probably he was probably twenty-five at the time, ish. Yeah, I mean, we you're were very much an uh, adult at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a group of guys. Him being one of them, we were all sitting around chatting. And most of us were smoking and. I offered him a cigar and he tried it, you know, it, but it was, like I say, well after he's an adult. You were old enough to rent your own car. That's how you know you're old enough. <laughs> to do. When you reach that <laughs> age, then you can make was, your own decision uh, on smoking cigars. 
Phys- physically an adult. Mentally, yeah. eh, probably Five. a perverted 14-year-old. You're a nine-year-old. You're a nine, maybe 10-year-old. Yeah. Still want to play with my Legos. <laughs> Jumbo blocks, right? Actually, actually, no. I never really had. I never really. I never had a Lego stage. I never did. Uh, of, of all the toys, that was not one I really cared about. You had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys, didn't you? Yeah, well, actually, yeah. yeah with the open my, bags was, where you had the weapons in there. That that was my first love as a child was was Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Turtles and, and Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Rangers. Sure it wasn't the second one. Was it Padrone Cigars? Actually, that, that was little... like on my eighth birthday. We did quite yeah. a while for that. <laughs> well, and eight girls holding up to the side, you know. So, being the senior <laughs> member of this group, uh, not talking about Legos, I remember Lincoln Longs. You guys remember yeah. those? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those were the first days. The little barrel of monkeys <laughs> that had the Oh, the red monkeys connected. that hung two together? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the idea was to hook them all up. They're Hot Wheels. I did have a boatload of those. Mm, get the There's set, still the track. a boatload of that. There's still a bunch of those Hot Wheels in storage that you had. Yeah, because we had, you know, they made those little polyurethane briefcases for them. And God, we probably had four or five of those things full of them. Did you wow. have the drag racing strips where you could race two, two cars? Do you have that? Yeah. Uh, and then had, you know, they had some that had like the loop-de-loops and stuff like that on there. Yeah. That did it once every ten times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn thing never did work right. You had to get where, some uh, some real acceleration to hit that limit. Yeah. yeah. Where is the group? Do we lose our direction here? Oh, <laughs> cigars. Yeah. So, Jerry, I forgot. I don't. I don't mind. It. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you guys going down memory lane, but I, you know, I want to talk about cigars, fellas. <laughs> it's <laughs> sanctions tightened on Cuba. That's. <laughs> See, this, is, uh, man, this is why this is why we need an adult because you can't leave us <laughs> to our own devices. Well, <clears throat> that's what I would do. Granted, I agree with that, but I'm not sure I'm the adult you you need. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, Hawaiian well, shirt and no pants. I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know, man. I did want to tell you guys tonight. It's getting too cold up here, and tonight I'm wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. So, oh, okay, all right. Oh. That's how you know. <laughs> well, to, uh, to, to see the to groundhog bring five more weeks of winter, and you see Jerry with pants on six more weeks of entertainment or whatever. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's how you know. But on the heels of th- this congressman, you know, doing the thing with his kid, kids five years yep. old smoking, you know, you got a story out of Chicago where they want to end the sale of all flavored tobacco products, whether it's cigarettes, e-cigarettes, flavored cigars. Uh, they know they don't mention vape, but I'm sure they probably go down that road too. And they're like, you know, we want to exempt menthols and everything, and protecting some children from predatory and profit motivated tobacco <laughs> industry uh, that can't fend for themselves is what they're talking about. So at the same time, this is happening over here. Chicago's over here. I won't say taking advantage of it because I think the Chicago article was before the, the congressman thing, but. You know, this is why we don't need that image because cities and states and the whole damn government is just looking for an excuse to kick us in the teeth. Right. Apparently, Chicago has the... the... uh... Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
So apparently Chicago has the largest life expectancy gap in the country. Uh, on one side of Chicago, people expect to live not uh, until about 90. You go 11 miles in the other direction, life expectancy is down to 60. So, and of course they're blaming all of that disparity on tobacco, which in and of itself is not fair. I don't care which type of tobacco you're talking about, but you know, yeah. it's all just little bits of ammunition that they can twist and turn. This, this, this whole article was written in such a biased fashion. It just want to make my head explode. You know, you, you go to the, the first paragraph up here, it sees we're going to be leaving the tobacco country, businesses. We're going to be leaving children of color vulnerable to predatory and profit motivated tobacco industry. We got Chicago has the legal age to buy tobacco products in Chicago is 21. Okay. What's the problem? Yeah. The problem yeah, well, is they're not enforcing the laws that are there if there is such a problem. Yeah, but and, yet they want to make more laws. Yeah. That, well, that and particular that quote. So many things. That particular quote is really misleading, too, because they say tobacco is a profit motivated industry. What industry is not motivated by profit? <laughs> Every industry is profit motivated. I can't think of a company that says, man, I, I make too much fucking money. I got to cut this back. Like that yeah, doesn't, I just yeah. got to, I got to, hey, you I know. drive a truck because I love to drive. Yes, you did. Go you love driving money. and hauling around uh, okay. shit all day long and all night. Okay, yeah, I do. Yeah. You, you know. really do. It's your getaway. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> well, no, it's way. no and away, not really. in a way. Not really, because his wife's with him, so it's not like he's getting away anywhere. <laughs> he's Again, going somewhere. Again, the bias in this, this, this entire article, it just reached with it. You know, it's everything, the evil cigar, uh, tobacco industry is plying on our children. Well, well let me explain. So we, what we're it trying is. to protect them already. We already have a law in place that you have to be 21 to buy it. So let's enforce the freaking law. It's not, it's not the tobacco. It's, listen, Chicago has the highest life expectancy difference because they have basically Hoovervilles and the Hamptons almost an, together. So the life expectancy is different for many, many different reasons, almost none of which has to do with menthol-flavored cigarettes. I pulled up Absolutely. the statistics, and I know we discussed this last time, but uh, from Niche.com, and it talks the differences between the two cities that they're mentioning in this article. There's Inglewood and there's Streeterville, okay? And they're about maybe 12 miles apart. So if you look at the, the demographics of Streeterville, this is the upper middle-class people. They have almost half the people who live there have a master's degree or higher, Almost 40% have a bachelor's degree. Most of them have some college or an associate's degree. It's 71% white, 18% Asian, 5% Hispanic, and 3% African-American, okay? That's the demographics of Streeterville, half male, half female, whatever. Um, the average median household income is $116,000. That's the average median. 41% make over 150 in the household, okay? So they have access to better health insurance, uh, better food, water. They have access to uh, just a better education. So there's, there's just a lot of factors that make Streeterville a nicer place to live and thereby expand, you know, elongating your life expectancy. There's just a lot more things in there. None of this has anything to do with, with them smoking or not smoking menthol flavored cigarettes. It has nothing to right. do with whether they get a master's degree or that the 71% white or half of them are female, half of them are male. None of that has anything to do with menthol cigarettes. Inglewood. Yeah. Another, miles factor, south. another factor yeah. we might consider too is the fact they have what about a hundred shootings every weekend in Chicago. It, yeah, um, that's on a slow with the strictest gun laws in the country. Yeah. So 
you know, uh, it doesn't help that people get shot. If you, if you look at the Englewood demographics, it's 91% African-American, 6% Hispanic. Almost none of them have a master's degree or a bachelor's degree. Some college, most of them are high school diploma or equivalent, i.e. GED, and 22% of less than a high school diploma. Now, I'm not saying that the education is necessarily directly responsible. What I'm saying is they're, they're, their purview of living, the, the way that they live is they just, they, they just don't have the same access to either money or what have you, or that it's just not maintained. I don't know what the deal is, but as far as where they live, you've got basically government housing, section eight housing, and then you've got nice houses. Now, if you live in an area that's more rundown, you have less money for food. You typically don't have life insurance, health insurance. Your jobs don't pay as well. The median household income is 27,000 household. So, you know, they just don't, they may not live as, nice and clean as some other neighborhoods. And that's going to have an effect on your life expectancy. You're more likely to perhaps smoke cigarettes. Statistically, there are more cigarettes smoked in lower income housing than necessarily higher income housing. Higher right. income housing like Streeterville tend to do powder cocaine. Um, the, the, the cigarettes, i.e. menthols that they're talking about, are predominantly smoked on income. Now, I wrote about this on the previous article as far as the demographics as to who smokes predominantly cigarettes almost nobody in the lower bracket smokes premium cigars. Almost none do because it costs more. They're not going to spend money. Right. And you can't buy premium cigars on an EBT card. And they're not going to spend $10 a cigar when they can get a pack of menthols. So, or whatever cigarettes that they smoke. So we need to get off this trend that this article is saying, oh, menthol cigarettes is the reason why, why over 52% have less than 25,000 household income. Why? almost half of them have less than a high school equivalent or less. That has nothing to do with menthol cigarettes. None. So the bias, like you said, Jerry, with this particular article, is you're, 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 it's a red herring. You're taking a small sliver of information and saying, aha, you see, that's the reason that these kids are getting sick. I would say they're getting sick because they can't get clean, clean water um, or have access to health insurance and go see a doctor and can afford that. I would say that probably has a much bigger impact on life expectancy and health than a menthol cigarette. And Absolutely. if you don't give a shit and your kid, you either give your kid the menthol cigarette or he goes in with friends and you don't, and you're not responsible parents to keep him off that stuff. Well, that's kind of your fault, isn't it? So yeah. don't, the tobacco industry didn't make these menthol cigarettes and went to Chicago and said, Hey, are you under 16? Are you nine years old? Do you want to smoke a menthol and sell it to him? That's not what they're doing. They put it in the shelf for adults to buy, whether you're in Streeterville, Englewood, the Hamptons, Orlando, anywhere. They're, they're selling it. It's, it's, it's supposed to be sold to adults. So either the shops are selling them to kids, knowingly or unknowingly, the parents are giving them to them, the kids are stealing them. But one way or another, the tobacco industry, quote unquote, profit driven, does not go around looking for children to sell the cigarettes to. That is not their target market. It is, they would get sued so many times by doing that. So that's, that's not the problem here. Anyway. Crazy times, yeah. And kind of switching gears a little bit, we've talked uh, in the past, several of us have mentioned wanting to, you know, maybe travel to Cuba one day, but <laughs> Americans will no longer be allowed to come back home with Cuban cigars, Cuban rum, or stay in Cuban hotels. New yeah. U.S. sanctions leveled against the country have removed permissions for Americans traveling abroad to return with those famous exports and bans us from staying at any government-owned hotel, which happens to be you guessed it all of them all of them yeah uh, so if you're a u.s person traveling in cuba legally you could only do like an airbnb type situations now i have 
no freaking idea how they would remotely enforce where you're going to stay in Cuba. But uh, that law took effect on September 24th. Under Obama, they relaxed the restrictions a little bit. You could come home with 100 cigars, uh, up to four boxes, duty-free, no questions asked. You could also do that coming from the UK, Canada, any other country that sold them as well. But now that's being cut off as well. So none coming out of Cuba, no Cuban cigars coming out of the United Kingdom, coming out of Canada, wherever. It's... Well, and, the Cuban government that he's trying to stifle is not in Canada or the UK or France. So what is banning Cubans? Because they're made in Cuba. So he's trying to stop, even though they're not, you didn't go to Cuba to get them, you still can't get them at other countries. Yeah, it's, it's truthfully, it doesn't make that much sense. You know, it says, you know, straight up, um, any country that maintains free trade with Cuba, they, they list Canada, the UK and Mexico as examples. Um, they don't have an embargo with Canada. There wasn't a, Exactly. Cold war between France, Canada, and the UK with with Cuba. They didn't have that problem. So why do I have to <laughs> enforce my my rule of, of of war? I'm like, I don't have a problem with them. Well, you're going to hate them anyway. Well, my problem okay. with it is it's 2020. Over 200,000 Americans have died of a fucking virus. Yeah, and we're worried this about is... people bringing home Cuban cigars. Yeah, who realistically gives a crap what they're doing in Cuba? He's trying to st- literally starve out the communist Cuban-run government. He's trying to starve they're, out They're communism. not going to do that. We've been trying to do that for five decades. Yeah. Has it's, it worked? It, it ain't going to work. Cuba doesn't need the United <laughs> States to survive. They yeah, have the rest all of the world to sell cigars, too. I mean, that's such a huge part of the GDP of Cuba is the Romans. I mean, they live off tourism. That's where most of their... I would say a large chunk, if not most of the money from that country. It's the, the country is half the size of Florida, isn't it? It's a small little country. So I, I don't, I, I don't understand. Like he's just trying, so of all the things to focus on in his entire career, he's like, okay, the one thing we're going to do to fix the coronavirus, education, the economy, we're going to starve Cuba. That's going to fix all of my problems. It's going to develop trade relations between us and every other country on earth. Like it's not really related I don't think it's just me. No, and it's like uh, Mark was saying, I mean, Cuba doesn't need us. They hadn't needed us in 50 years. So, no. He gave a speech to the veterans of the Bay of Pigs. Did anybody see that? He gave a speech to the veterans who were at the Bay of Pigs invasion originally. Um, I don't know exactly how that went down, but (laughs) yeah. You basically just told him, hey, thanks for trying to infiltrate and take over the, uh, you know, the Castro regime and communism. Um, yeah, you can't bring back Cuban rum and cigars. All right, you guys have a good night. Thank you so much. Like, is that, is that what happened? <laughs> Thank you. Well, and looking at the article, the State Department apparently went and researched and there are, they have already identified 422 hotels and lodging properties that are prohibited to Americans. That's every so, hotel and lodging property, I think, yeah. on the island. So Havana Jazz Festival, the Habanos Festival, which is like super big in the scar world. I mean, yeah, it's huge. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a hell of a time going to that if you technically can't stay in their uh, hotels. Yeah, take a tent and a sleeping bag. I don't know. It just to me, we've got so many things in this world that we need to be worrying about right now, and Cuba is not one of them. Yeah, well, it's just 
Who's the greater threat to us, China or Cuba? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take China. China for 500. Yeah, I, I would kind yeah. of go China with China. You know, those seem to be the two communist countries we most focus on, and I think China is a hell of a lot more threat than Cuba is. And, we are you know, a lot more indebted to China, and there's a lot more trade we do with China. If Cuba tried to invade the U.S., I, I'm not sure it would go very well. In fact, I'm not even sure they have an Cuba, army, to be honest. I'll be, I'll be honest. They with don't you. have a boat to get here. Yeah, they well, really don't. I'll be honest with you. They, from what you see in Miami and what you see in her little, little Havana and the stories that you hear, the Cubans would not, the Cuban military probably wouldn't get past Miami. Oh, no. Because oh, those old Cubans, me. those old Cubans they, ain't going back to that. They vehemently hate the Cuban uh, administration. And they do. Uh, those people are just super patriots. They really are when it comes to this country. I tell you, I think if he really wanted to get back at this communist government, I think he should open up and let us, and if he really wanted to, allow the Americans to flood tourism there to the point where you stifle out the government. You, you can make change if you get enough Americans well, visiting to redeem. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of restricting true. it. We have, we have a tendency... Them. That's what I've said for a long time. I want to go to Cuba before it gets Americanized. Yeah. Because once the everything is lifted and we start going, the classic cars, the everything, you know, the the cruddy hotels, yeah, not that that's a thing to go for, but you know, whatever's there, it's all going to change because they're going to start raking in money and next thing you know they're going to start fancying up the place. It'll yeah. be a second Florida. By that yeah, because yeah. it's so cool. You know what I'm saying? So if you really, really want to stifle up the, the government, flood them with capitalism. And then they'll literally they, they can't they can't make changes. They can't enforce laws because Americans are all over there. I'm like, well, what are you going to do now? You know, um, well, why don't we just buy Cuba? <laughs> <laughs> if we just buy it, then we can change it. It's like buying a home. You buy the home and then you modify it however you want. If we just buy the damn thing and then just, well, I don't know why we have to have this fight with them. Just buy them. The thought dollars. <laughs> The thought that I just had a few minutes, uh, a few moments ago, like, okay, so we're here, Trump's making speeches, we're doing regulations, we're yeah. coming up with all these crazy laws. Does Cuba even pay one iota of attention to any of this? I mean, yeah. I do think they even know, know what these regulations are? <laughs> like, do they even care enough to... Do we bring Americans to those hotels to run them so that they can tell us not to... I mean... You're right. If we went, I mean, I think what it is, is there's probably, you have to, they won't let you fly down there unless they kind of figured out what you were doing. I'm I'm willing to bet you probably have to declare where you're going, where you're staying. And they say, oh, if you you can't go there, you can't go there. So they may not approve you to actually fly. I think that's how they're going to do it is restrict you at the, at the airport before you fly there, not after you get there. Yeah. I'm really wondering how they're going to enforce this. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like you have to declare where you're going to go and they'll say, oh, you can't go there. You can't go there anymore. If I go to Cuba and I stay at the National Hotel down there, uh, how's anybody in this country going to know that? You know. Well, see, that's what I was wondering. You know, you, you can say we're going to ban you from staying here, but how are you going to know? Yeah. You want to look uh, up my credit card statements? I, I don't know. Gonna, I mean, he's willing to do, do this. Contact Visa and tell them you need my credit card statements for the last uh, sixty days. I, I, I think the whole. I, Honestly, I think the whole thing's absurd. I do. Yeah, that, that's kind of why I brought it up. It just but so many things correct, we could be worrying about. If my yeah. history is correct, and without looking this up, I think it would be to blame John Adams. Why? Because John Andrew Jackson chased the uh, Spaniards out of Florida and was going to Cuba 
they kick him out of there too, and John Adams stopped him. So if it had not been for that man, that would probably be our 50th, 52nd state. Hmm. We could have had the we could have had the Cuban cigars all along. And that's a week in history, right there. Folks. They could have they could have been they could have been American cigars. Yeah, that's right. We could have had, had that this whole time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> We've been pumped. And no, Ben, I don't remember that, okay? I've read about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I thought it, but I didn't I know, say it. I know. You sure you weren't <laughs> you, you were there. But you know, the funny thing is, no matter how old Jerry gets, yeah, he can still kick your ass. That's very <laughs> true. That's very, very true. It's been proven. He's a he's an old boxing veteran, and you just don't mess with that. I have a particular set of skills. Yeah, is it punching? Does it involve punching in the face? Uh, moving right along now. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so we mentioned. Uh, COVID-19 affecting a lot of things. Well, it's now been announced that the 2021 Puro Sabor, which is Nicaragua's largest premium cigar celebration, that has been canceled. Uh, instead, the cigar manufacturers and tobacco growers plan to host a series of virtual factory tours and master classes. They the were, uh, no, not at all. But they were quoted as saying, our priority is the care that we want to give to our people in the factories and the people who would have visited us for the festival. Uh, the evolution of COVID-19 is still unpredictable, so we believe we have made the best decision. Can't say as I disagree with them. Uh, you know, big gatherings are not a smart thing to do right now, but right. Uh, 28 total members of the Nicaragua Chamber of Tobacco, that's kind of a cool thing, but uh, formed in 2008, and they host that event, Puro Sabor, every year. With the cancellation of the 2019 Puro Sabor due to civil unrest, this is the second time in history it's had to be canceled. I've never been to a Puro so I'd say if I ever got the opportunity, I'd love to go there. Oh yeah, and, well, I, mean, I can now, but I would, you know. Um, I mean, if it's in 2021, there's really I don't know how far like the date it is, but that's a that's a bold statement to cancel. It. I mean, unless they're doing it like in January, I don't know when they do it. But if it's like later in the year, why not just like reschedule it for later in the? I mean, there's that way there's in case it settles out or in case things change. Well, uh, it's, I think some of the problem might be, and Jerry, you've been there, so you might have more in, insight into this, but maybe Nicaraguan infrastructure, uh, Nicaraguan medical systems may not be up to snuff. So even if there is a vaccine, you know, it could be yeah, two years and, before it trickles down there. And speaking of COVID in Nicaragua, you remember we talked about a couple of shows ago about the, the numbers of reported cases in Nicaragua, and they seem very suspiciously low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really would like to know what the real numbers are down there, you know? Yeah, and for that matter, uh, a curiosity of, you know, how many people have you actually tested? Yeah. Yeah. And so if they did have the – so it's a big gamble because you're right. If they did have this event and they and it screwed up once and there was one breakout from there that could be potentially thousands of people. Right. You're right. They may not have the medical infrastructure to actually handle that kind of spread that quickly. So it only takes one person who may not even know that person's carrying it. Uh, well, I, can only comment, I can only comment about the qualities of the hospital in one case. Uh, again, this not tarring the entire medical system, Nicaragua, with the same brush, but I know one situation where I was down there that a friend of mine fell and broke his knee. And the only thing basically they told him they could do at the hospital was just clean the wound and give him painkiller and ship him out. So that may speak a little bit about the, the quality. I, I'm not sure. So and no again, surgery, nothing not like that. The whole medical system is bad, but it's limited. 
we just have no idea what the numbers really are like down there. Well, and the problem is Puro Sabor brings in people from all over the world. So if you have an outbreak of this event, you run the risk of not just screwing up Nicaragua, but that's yeah. true. You know, sending another wave, who knows where else. Yeah, the yeah. same way it started in the beginning. With people yeah, it at, but that can't be an know, easy decision to make. I mean, that's a huge chunk no, of, of yeah, money that's people be bringing huge, in from all over the world. That's a massive hit. Yeah, tourism money just down the drain. That's a big. That's a big gamble, but set better safe than sorry is what it sounds like they're doing. Did I read that right, though? Did they say they had 120 attendees? Uh, from Every year without any major compl uh, complications is roughly 120 attendees from 21 countries converged. Top cigar person. I wonder that's if that's... 120, like, companies. I'm wondering, if, yeah, if that's, like, cigar-related companies. Because, yeah, I would think 120 would be a tiny number for... That, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, but yeah, it, it reads it reads the way you're you're thinking it because it's just like oh, roughly 120 attendees. But I would think that's yeah. got to be companies. I, I would yeah. think so too. Yeah, the the country's premium tobacco industry employs roughly 40,000 people. So Nicaragua has roughly 40,000 people in the premium tobacco industry alone. Wait, right. that's a that's a big chunk. Well, and you think about this decision. That's them saying, okay, we can keep these 40,000 people working. If we have this event, we might very well jeopardize that. Yeah, I'm sure a one lot of, those... of these. I'm sure a lot of these companies have you know back stock, but some of the smaller ones probably don't. Well, a lot of that back stock went went down the went went out during the lockdown too. True. Yeah, yeah I know. You know that's a fact. Most of the stores here, um, I can go in and shop, but. And, you know, maybe a handful, maybe depending on which shop, you know, maybe four or five people allowed to smoke at a shop, but we're not anywhere close to, to normal and no cigar events at all to speak of. I mean, nothing is, nothing is going on in that regard. Well, I have there, noticed uh, the shop there in Memphis. Matter of fact, they were having a Drew Estates event uh, today, for, for hmm. instance. And they had... Uh, I can't remember, Junior. I told you uh, who the other one was, but uh, oh, it was uh, Alec Bradley. They had an Alec Bradley event uh, about a month ago, and uh, they were telling me that the turnout was very minimal. wasn't even anywhere close to what they had anticipated, even with COVID. So, I don't think well, if they're having them, they're going to have the attendance that they are anticipating. Yeah, I think you're right. Even if they held it on, especially if you try to enforce the social distancing thing, it would, that's hard to do with that many people. And then people were one are having a hard time just trying to get flights. They're putting restrictions on just even getting flights, special IDs and, and whatever. Um, so even if, like you said, even if they had the event, the odds of that many people showing up, it's, it's a risk either way, which really sucks. It's just, yeah, I think no I think that's a way to spin this. The key word there was risk. I don't think a lot of us, you know, I'll go in the shop, I'll purchase something when there's just me and you know, one or two other people in there. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in that small of a space for uh, with the potential for an event crowd. Yeah, 
Because it's not like you see them coming a mile away. They're not like tagged with a sign that says, I have COVID. I mean, they could be walking around. They do one cough. They don't even know that they have it. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's silent and deadly. And it's, you know, it's not. Well, on the other hand, here locally, we've got one cigar shop that's, that's been uh, having an event about once a month here. And uh, their situation is a little different. They actually have 8,500 square feet plus an outdoor patio plus a, a picnic area. So, I mean, they, and they're also obsessive about keeping everything clean, keeping the spacing, got all the furniture spaced out properly and everything. But, you know, unfortunately for the situation right now, there's not a whole lot of cigar shops that have 8,500 square feet, you know? Very true. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the biggest one, or at least the biggest one that I've been to here in a normal situation could probably see 30 people uh, yeah. and that's you know a bar with bar stools and several smaller seating areas but yeah i mean now covid uh, if they're letting 10 people in there at a time i'd be surprised yeah i know they're doing a lot of the online stuff so as far as the factories themselves it sounds like so when you visited there jerry did you, did you see anything of the factories purging tobacco like the actual tobacco itself for fear that it could be contaminated of covid was anything like that on the table or was it strictly just the people actually i was i was in nicaragua before all the the roof caved in okay i, I got back the first week of march and then all this thing got like super serious so, okay uh honestly middle of february it wasn't even on the table down there yeah we uh i was telling somebody about that today you know we we got the miami trip in in february and you guys did Nicaragua from Miami. And yeah, we all, by the time we met up uh, that first week of March, when we all met up at Marley's house in Atlanta, everything was starting to cave in at that point. Right. Uh, we, we got it in just in time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of shops that have a lot of empty boxes. And I really haven't talked to the people working the shop so much about it. Um, I don't know. It, it's, I got a feeling this is still kind of a rough time for the boutique people. What do you guys think? Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. Even if you've got a good shop presence, you know, they're, you're just not getting the foot traffic. And when you, a lot of those stores here are doing curbside pickup, but yeah. when you can't physically see every cigar that's in there, you're going to name the ones that come to the top of your head. And yeah. as much as I love the boutiques, Rocky and Gurkha and Alec Bradley are all going to pop in your head before right. Nomad does or Ezra Zion or whoever. Yeah. 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 That's very true. It's just, it's the ones who've got deeper pockets that can basically afford to weather the storm easier with, you know, with support. Whereas these smaller boutiques, it's kind of supply, you know, it's, it's more on the top end as far as, you know, you get an order, we'll fill the order, get an order, fill it. they don't really have like a large, base of customers and you know i think i would say large enough orders to sustain where if they had to go six months without selling anything could they survive they're kind of i feel like a lot of them are on that not necessarily month to month but perhaps like a month to month type of basis where they're getting enough money to sustain but yeah. they just don't have the the depth that like oliva and padrone and and arturo fuente you know these other major name red rocky they just got deep pockets so right. even though they may be struggling they're gonna be able they can weather the storm a lot easier um, yeah, and that goes for any industry. You know, if you the larger change will just be able to survive because they just have more capital to work with. So, right. Um, 
you know, I, I feel bad for the boutiques. I hope none of the ones that are out there are, well, are going to close. I hope none of them close shops to, to do it, but I have a feeling if it comes hell or high water and they had to choose, you know, uh, for their survival, they, I don't know. They may have, they, I put, they'll probably do some consolidations if it comes out of anything. They may say, okay, well, I'll just sell either this line or my brand to, uh, you know, kind of like what Nomad did. Um, you know, if they have to bow out gracefully, they just don't have the capital to sustain it on their own. I, I, we may see that as a, you know, we see it enough as it is, but that could be a result of this. Well, and then another thing, I spoke to the shop owner there in Memphis, one that I can get by with the truck. And he was telling me that he's starting to get uh, quite a few cigars now in bundles because they're having boxing issues. They can't come up with the boxes. I've heard that too. So yeah. they're, hmm. they're, okay. they're starting to get them in. You know, even the, some of their premium stuff now is starting to come in as a, a bundle versus, you know, in the nice elaborate boxes. Right. Like Davidoff and Padrones. Is that what he's talking about? And now he didn't mention them by name, but uh, some of the others, he said, uh, uh, I think some of the Alec Bradleys, he was actually getting in his bundles now and just reusing the boxes that he had on the shelf, just kind of replenishing the box that's on the shelf. Uh, Okay. I mean, I guess if you have to cut a corner for cost. Well, it's not so much the cost factor as it is the people that manufacture the boxes. They're right. not able to get the boxes. Right. Oh, the actual industry of, je- of making the boxes itself. Oh, I see. Right. With COVID, the a lot of the places are either shut down or are at a limited staffing. So they're not producing the number of boxes that they were. Right. So now Interesting. The, the I wouldn't have thought of that. Down. But yeah, that makes sense now. Other major, a lot of the major companies, too, have got their own box factories, too. They make their own stuff. And, you know, when you're, right. you're dependent on somebody else, for your boxes, uh, in a situation like this comes up, yeah, it could be crippling. I can see that. Perdomo, yeah, I, I think, think you said does amazing. everything in house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually a good point. I didn't think of that. Does Does anybody know any? And, and I hope nobody does. Uh, any boutique companies actually folded because of COVID? Has anybody heard anything like that? I have not. I haven't either. That I've seen. If they've closed or sold out, it's nothing that I've seen um, as as an article. Um, I'm willing to bet there's probably talks somewhere. And and I'm sure there's meetings. That that goes on. Uh, Companies companies come, companies go, companies are bought out, all this sort of thing. But I was just wondering if you'd heard anything who's primarily were shutting, you know, shuttering because of the COVID. I, I don't think I have. No, um, I think you've, you've really described it that these industries, I think, are adapting, at least from Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, a way of trying to survive. Yeah. Um, and I think as long as people can still either order them and pick them up at the shop or order them online, I think as long as there's still a vein of, of uh, a flow, I, it may be more restricted because there's not as many herps, not as many groups of people getting together to enjoy them per se, but um, I think they're adapting to the best of their abilities. What it sounded like you mentioned last time of, you know, okay, we'll wear masks like the, the factories themselves. Okay. We'll spread the their doors out. We'll put masks yeah. on. They clean their hands. They get, no, you know, they get tested when they, so they're, they're doing a lot of adaptation to keep the production up. And yeah. I think as long as customers have a way of getting the product, then maybe, right. you know, easier to find, but I haven't seen anything closing. 
Well, I think I think hopefully, uh, you know, talking about not having boxes and doing bundles, I, I'm sure most people hopefully are realizing this is reality. And if you want the cigars, this is where you're going to get them, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't – that's part of the adaptation really, as consumers. You know, I don't know that many people that are that big on the box. I mean, I got boxes stacked up in storage, empty boxes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want the cigar. I don't care about the box. Yeah. So the box is nice for presentation. Thing, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's just, well, what are you going to do with them other than make guitars and lamps? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's collector's item. You can do something with it or get rid of it, but it's just, it's for advertisement and production. Well, uh, one of the downsides about that was, uh, and is, and I've had experience in that situation. I, I know of companies that have tried that, selling the refills rather than boxes, and uh, they got some pushback about a bundle still a bundle, you know, in a lot of people's eyes. Not so much the dealer, but the 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 uh, the people buying those cigars. They see the bundles, they're not happy about that. But you know, again, uh, the the key word these days is adapt, fellas. And you know, I think people probably have a different perspective on it now. Do you think but, the bundle look is a perception, like perhaps the quality isn't as good because it's not in a cedar box? I can tell you that's a perception of some people. Yes, I, I'll tell you that. It won't have the effervescent cedar quality yeah. to it because it's not in the box. It's just wrapped in cellophane, even though that may be how they store them at the factory or whatever. Right. But, right. Um, people, what do you think about it? Guys, think about it guys, from the standpoint uh, of eating something. You eat with your eyes before your taste. Yeah. Come on now. If if we do away with boxes, Gurkha's going to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, because that's all they got going situation. for them. That's all we got to do to get rid of them. <laughs> get rid of the box. Another Shit. problem. Another problem with the retailer was the fact that, well, okay, I'll do that, but what am I going to do with somebody who wants a box? You know, uh, there were some drawbacks because of the bias. I believe was that here because I heard about it. Uh, but I think that's probably the thing of the past by now. I think everybody's probably like senior. They're just glad to get the cigars. At least hopefully so. Yeah. I mean, how many people, I mean, like you said, senior, you've got boxes, Junior, you've got boxes. I've got a few boxes. And at the end of the day, it's like, I want to be able to, I bought them to smoke them, to enjoy them. It's like buying a really nice steak and then just keeping it in the freezer. That's nice, but I kind of <laughs> want to enjoy it. That's why I bought it. So I think, yeah. but there are people that collect them and put them in a human room. They just let them sit there forever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. as a collector's item, I suppose so. Um, or if it's hand, like if they're hand signed by the maker, you know, if you get, you know, Matt Booth and he hand signs, then maybe that's a collector's item, something like that. But the box itself, I'd say is for transportation and advertisements. That's kind of, it protects the cigars, but it also, you know, makes it easier to transport. And, um, well, but then that, uh, in Canada, that's uh, moose steaks right there, Ben. It's moose steaks. That's what it is. More gamey is what it is. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Ecuadorian Habano moose is what it is. Ah, but nice. what, senior, what Senior was saying about, you know, delighting the eye, there's a lot of truth in that, too, because uh, a lot of people, perception is reality. And a lot of people's first perception about cigars is about what the box looks like. Uh, I mean, that's in my experience, I actually had one guy look at the box young. and say, I don't know what's in it, but that box looks so good. I'm going to buy it. You just described well, Kaizad's entire business plan when he started Gurkha. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, if we make the box look good, it'll be crap inside, but they'll really like the box. Huh? Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I can see where that would be as far as like the presentation of it all. You know, if you went to a restaurant and ordered a really nice meal and it came out in this pl- paper plate, the food might be delicious, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm sort of like a fair, but I want the nice plate. And I think yeah, that's what the we, box kind we, of perceives uh, to people. If we went up to uh, Jeff Ruby's in Cincinnati and they served that uh, $80 New York strip in a, in a Big Mac box, that, that might be a problem. <laughs> I mean, the food would still be good. Like, it's, it's delicious, but it's just the presentation. Um, I, I, I do get that. But if I had to choose between the two, as long as cigar comes in and it ages well and it smokes well, that's more of what I'm, I guess, me and a lot of other people would be looking for. But, you know, um, if they can't get Somebody- the boxes, then... Whatever. Somebody who I somebody who I, I don't care his name, but somebody who's a giant in this business. When I started getting into it, he said that about ten percent of cigar smokers are hardcore people. When I say hardcore, I mean they're really interested in things like we are. Okay, but the other nine percent really don't give a hoot about all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they, they, those are the I mean, ones yeah, to be affected by a good-looking box. Now, again, you know we're kind of beating us to death, I guess, but. Anyway, right now, I, again, the key word is adapt. And I think people like senior and like me are just glad to get the scars. At least I hope it's that way more. Yeah, I'm that way. Like during this whole COVID thing, I'm smoking like a freight train. Don't care yeah. about the boxes. Don't care. You know, half the time I'm buying five packs just to yeah. maximize variety a little bit. So I just just get the cigars to my mailbox or you know, let me go to the store and pick them up and that's fine. I, I, yeah, you can put them in I a, think you're right. A if it comes pack. in the box and it's in a bundle, I'm like, well, as long or, as it's delicious, then I, I don't really care. <laughs> or well, in I this case, uh, my cigars to his mailbox and then I get oh, a that's third true. of them to me. Look, I already told you, <laughs> possession is nine. The ones you get, Senior? The ones, the ones you actually get? Yeah, the ones I actually get, I'm going to be proud to have. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be substantially less than what I ordered. He's yeah. putting a you're tariff talking... on your import is what it is. He's tariffing yeah. your import. It's like I told cut. Ben. It's, it's like customs. I have to inspect them for safety and reasons. All of them. <laughs> 90% of your stash. Well, I have to smoke all of these to make sure that they're not laced with COVID or that, that, that they're bad. So, you know, I'll, I'll taste 80 of the 90 and then let you know what I think. <laughs> oh, okay. it's like he's looking out for me, yeah, yeah, it's like the, the, king, oh, okay. the kings and queens of old that had people taste their food before they ate it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm here to protect you. Now they I'm usually leave that. some of the food for the king, but not in your case. They, and, <laughs> you know, the I thought he was just mooching my cigars, but he, no, he's actually looking out for not. me. The yeah, thing of it is, too, love. We, we all know how much your palate can change in, a day's t- in, in the during time of the days. You know, a, a, a cigar will taste different sometimes in the evening with a full stomach than it will be in the morning with coffee. So really, what Junior's doing is protecting his dad by trying in morning, noon, and night to make sure he has <laughs> yeah. a good spin on him. Consistency. That's right. Uh, I feel much better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I was going to say one other thing on the whole uh, boxes presentation and, you know, caring about the look and all that. And you're talking to a guy that owns like seven different travel humidors. And <laughs> half the time I travel with my cigars in a Ziploc bag. So, no, I don't really care what the presentation looks like. You don't carry the boxes of cigars with you? No, I carry my Ziploc, my zipper seal because I don't like that, you know, do it by hand shit. I just want yeah. the convenient well, little zipper seal. <laughs> Again, we don't represent the fancy ones. You we know. don't represent yeah. the cigar smokers. Uh, apparently, Gurkha does. So we'll leave it at that. It's all advertisement for them. It's all 
it's just it's pathetic all right well uh on on that note we will uh draw this thing to a close this has been the cigar tipsters podcast everybody have a good night have a good good night. night this is the cigar tipsters podcast